I always tell people who are studying physio that if you're studying physio for the money, don't do it. Because yeah. you are going to be miserable and you are going to uh, complain the, your whole career. It's, you're just going to be miserable. Welcome back to Med Chats with Becoming Dr. Andy, where I sit down with health sciences students and health professionals to chat more about their careers and their journey through healthcare. On today's episode, I am joined by Sibuile Mtemb, who is a qualified physiotherapist who graduated from University of Cape Town in 2021. And she's here to share with us her experience ever since she graduated and how she's finding her feet in the workplace. Hi Sibuila, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks to yourself. I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for coming here and having a chat with me. I know a lot of people are going to benefit a lot from our chat, especially those who'd like to study physiotherapy or the ones who are currently studying physiotherapy and just want to know more about what happens after university. But before we start our chat, I just want you to briefly explain to those who have no idea about what physiotherapy is, explain what the career is in a nutshell. Okay, so physiotherapy um, is physical therapists who use movement, um, basically just physical intervention to help and treat people uh, to return back to baseline function. Mm -hmm. So we treat people that range from cerebral palsy, kids to range to strokes, people who just had surgeries like total hip replacements and total knee replacements. And we also do a lot of health promotion as well. That's a great explanation. So I just want to know briefly, like, how was the transition from being a student in university to actually being a professional, like working as that profession? So my transition wasn't quite as easy. I didn't get my choice of um, placement that I wanted. Okay. All yeah. five choices I picked, I Yo. didn't get. So it was quite hard for me because even the province was, it's not that it wasn't familiar, but I have family there, but it wasn't in the area that, that you wanted. Okay. So um, from transitioning from here to there, having to find my feet, knowing how to work around rural because mm. it's under-resourced mm. so you need to work with what you have yeah. so your theory and your knowledge from university comes into hand because mm. all those equipments and resources that you had don't come into play as i've said we are physical therapists yes. so we use movement and most of our hands to treat uh, individuals yeah. with certain conditions okay so what i'm getting from this is that you didn't get the placement choice or the choice that you wanted when it comes to community service and that kind of like threw you off basically yes. <laughs> because I mean I can imagine now you adjusting from moving from a student to actually working and also you are adjusting to living in a province you've never lived before especially in an area that you've never been worse it is a rural area that is under resourced so I can understand how like you felt probably isolated Tell us how you were able to deal with that. How were you able to cope? How were you able to actually adjust? So as physical therapists, we don't work alone. We work within a multidisciplinary team, mm -hmm. so which includes occupational therapists, speech therapists, uh, audiologists, you name it, dentists, doctors, yeah. everything else. 
Um, so it was quite easy because as we work very closely together, so it was quite easy to make friends. Ah, and also okay. everyone there was very nice, you know, they have spirits of Ubuntu, mm -hmm. you know. So um, everyone was very welcoming. So it made it easy to transition and feel welcomed in that area. So the transition between university and community service was quite different in terms of there's no one who's over your shoulder. Mm -hmm. um, you're trying to get marks to do a certain yeah. thing. Uh, you need to treat a patient specific way to appear a certain way to the supervisor mm -hmm. or anything like that literally they you on your own and you're literally figure, figuring things out on yeah. your own i must say that even when i did finish uh undergrad physiotherapy i felt like i didn't know you anything didn't know and um you know i was just you know what you know what, community service is my year to learn mm -hmm. you know experiment with these patients and see what outcomes you get yeah. so that in the future you know that you know when i do a certain thing this is the outcome mm -hmm. and so forth and so forth so um yeah that, that it wasn't really an easy transition um also because i needed to do a lot of self-study have mm. to revise a lot of things because sometimes we think that we're going to learn this and yeah. then forget about it but you every single time even the first things i learned from first year i still have to go That's over important. it yes. yes so basically the idea is you always constantly learning. Yes. Like this is lifelong learning. Yes. There's no point where you say, now I actually know everything. I'm throwing my books away. I don't need to learn new stuff. Mm. Because I think the idea that people should get is that just because you graduated doesn't mean you remember 100% yes. of the stuff that you studied. <laughs> you still need to revise some of the stuff, apply the knowledge. So don't throw your notes away, guys. Make sure that you keep them because you're going to need them during your first couple of years of working. Let's just talk more about your community service. So in final year, you applied, you said your five options and you didn't get any of them. How do you feel about that? I felt very stressed. Um, I thought about not doing my community service. Really? Yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> because I Googled the place. So it was, it's, it's, well, my initial place was in Pomeroy. Um, a really deep, deep rural mm -hmm. area. Um, so lucky enough, I was going around Facebook. You know, they make these groups whereby uh, you're allowed to swap placements oh, with students. Okay, okay. So um, I had a CHC, which is basically like a clinic. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, you know, with physiotherapy, we have different types of physiotherapy, like um, with pediatrics, um, ortho, mm -hmm. there's neuro, mm -hmm. um, all sorts of that. So. Being in a clinic for me wasn't something that I wanted to do because it involved a lot of neuromusculoskeletal things, yes. injuries and stuff. Okay. So that wasn't my part um, of physio that I wanted to mm -hmm. do. So I didn't want the whole year to be something that's going to, you know, drag me along. At least mm. do something that I like to yeah. do so that I want to be there, yeah. you know. I wouldn't have minded if it was a hospital or something okay. like that. Okay. So in one of the groups, lucky enough, one person wanted to swap and uh, I got another placement but I still wasn't happy with it mm -hmm. and I messaged literally everyone on that Facebook group and lucky enough there was this one girl who said hey um, I was placed here at Ndundabili Hospital do you want to swap I'm not okay. doing my community service and I said oh that's oh, great right. and then that's the best option I could get oh okay <laughs> but still wasn't the one that you actually wanted mm -hmm. yeah now you have the place you know where you're going it is a new province you've never been it is in the rural area is there any kind of like preparation 
that you had to do because I, I can imagine now you're thinking where am I going to stay where am I going to sleep the transport and all of that I just want to know in terms of that did you have to make your own plans or that was already you know planned out for you so with me I took the initiative to call the hospital mm -hmm. and ask them to put me through to the physiotherapy department mm -hmm. uh, I got through to the permanent physiotherapist who was there mm -hmm. and she I asked her basic questions like what type of patients are we going to see there mm -hmm. how many patients do I see per day what is required of mm -hmm. me are there certain clinics that we have to go to mm -hmm. um, are there certain conditions like that I'm mostly seeing that I would need to revise on okay. and also ask her how much Will, be, will, be, will I be getting oh, paid and we'll all get this. to that in a minute <laughs> so uh, yeah and um, she was very helpful gave me all the information I needed I also asked her um, where do we stay what are the living mm -hmm. arrangements um, or do they provide transport and all sorts of things so lucky for me my placement we stayed at the nearest town so we didn't live in the live in the rural okay yes, because accommodation mm -hmm. facility within the hospital was being renovated okay. so they had to make an other arrangement so mm -hmm. we stayed in Greytown which we traveled an hour every, every day, day to in work. the morning and wow. in the afternoon <laughs> that was probably draining it was draining. the whole year it was draining but I looked at it from a different perspective I mean where we stayed in Greytown there was a gym I was mm -hmm. happy they, okay you know the best shopping market yes, was yes. shop right yeah. we didn't have pick and pay all these other things really? we only had KFC, steers and wimpy that's it yeah. so yeah it's, it helped me save a lot of money as well so if you're looking to save money yeah. go to real <laughs> go to real okay. <laughs> yes. okay so did you also get like a, a real allowance yes okay. yes we got i think it was three thousand rand extra on top, on top of your salary yes okay and when it comes to like your transport do they also provide transports to the hospital from where you said yes so with me um the physiotherapist that i called told me she doesn't stay in the accommodation but she wasn't quite happy with the accommodation so i thought to myself okay mm -hmm. if she's not happy with the uh, accommodation let me also look for my own accommodation mm. so i found an apartment um because I, i'm not very familiar with money and how to budget and all of yeah, that it was yeah. my first year yeah. you know earning an income and everything so i was like oh, okay 3.5 is not bad it's not bad at all for accommodation okay. and i got there and um lucky enough my mom had a van so she had extra furniture from home mm, and she bought me okay. furniture there. so oh, i was very nice. privileged you know that's nice yes. yeah and then as the months went by mm -hmm. I figured that uh, the accommodation that they had was really nice. It was two. It was a two-bedroom apartment. You have your own room. You share a kitchen, of course, with oh, another okay. person. It was the one she didn't like. Yes, oh, okay. yes. So it was. It was very nice. It yeah. was a very nice accommodation. I was in a, a catered community, mm -hmm. security and stuff. So it was very a very nice um, accommodation. Yeah. So I told myself, listen. It's free to stay there. Why, why am I why spending <laughs> extra? You know what I mean? And yeah. that's when, you know, a lot of financial growth happens. Yeah, you know? yeah. there's, there's a lot of things that you're going to grow mm -hmm. uh, personally and financially, you know, as the years. I'm still growing mm -hmm. even now. Yeah. So, yeah. so now you had to move again from your apartment to the accommodation. Yes. So it's not really free. So what they do is they take 900 rand from your from your salary, the salary. Okay. and then that's what it would be but basically the whole accommodation would be 1800 and then they subsidize 
900, 900 rand. okay. And then you only pay 900 rand. Alright, okay, that makes sense. So where did you want to do your community service? Well, my first choice was to stay here in the Western Cape because mm -hmm. I have a partner here in the Western Cape. Okay. Um, and also because the, in the Western Cape, I had a lot of exposure to different hospitals and clinics that mm. I preferred to stay here. Yeah. And I felt that the health system um, in the Western Cape was far more better than other provinces. Definitely. Um, so I told myself, I want to stay here and there's more resources, resources here and yeah and so forth. So my first choice was to stay here in the Western Cape and then second choice was back home in Pumalang mm -hmm. and then um, Joburg and then my fourth, I didn't have a fourth option. So uh, they make you choose five places, five placements mm -hmm. within um, any provinces any that you province want. That you so want, I only okay. chose three provinces and within those three provinces you chose I chose five, five places. Okay. Yeah. So my initial um, placement was to be in a tertiary hospital because mm -hmm. of the clinical exposure and I wish someone would have told me this earlier on because I found it very difficult to get a job afterwards because you, in your CV, of course, you need to write what type of patients you saw, what exposure mm -hmm. do you have, what experience with type of patients you have. And, you know, um, me being the person who wanted to go back into ICU and do all this uh, acute, um, treat acute injuries, yeah. it was quite difficult for me to get into that. Um, and I, actually, I didn't get into that uh, oh, because okay. I didn't have any of that on my CV. Oh, and mostly right. the first thing that they would ask me is, do you have ICU um experience, experience. Okay. and I, the only experience i have was in my undergrad year so most of them would be like oh, you know what i mean so um yeah that's just one thing that uh i wish someone someone told. someone told me you i know? actually didn't know that um your way you do your internship or where you do your community service affects where you actually get a job because i thought everyone had like more or less the same chance when it comes to getting a job but then now that you're explaining it it actually makes sense that in a tertiary hospital they would want to employ someone who has been doing their community service at a tertiary hospital mm. because they are used to the level of work the clinical exposure is more or less similar compared to taking someone back from the rurals who has been you know treating like um I don't want to say minor, but like they don't have the same clinical exposure as compared to someone who has been working at a tertiary hospital. I think also it is such an important thing for people to think about because I think when we think about doing our internship or community service, it's all about is it in a nice place, yes. in town, am I going to get a nice apartment, is it not far from work, mm. you know, that kind of stuff. We don't really think more about what am i going to be exposed to in terms of like clinical exposure yes. how is this going to look on my cv and i think people should you know start looking into that when they are applying for their concert so i just want to know that now you are in this rural area away from your family away from your partner I'm sure you felt kind of isolated what were your coping mechanism and that isolated area so with me i love traveling and i love exploring mm -hmm. and fortunately enough with the different health professionals that we had there i made good friends with them and we would travel often yeah. um for me it's a different story because i've 
always been away from my family because in high school I was in boarding school, okay. uh, university I was in res. So you so kind of used to I'm it. I'm kind of used to okay. it, you know. So for me, it wasn't something that was oh I miss home. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do miss mm -hmm. home, and I went home uh, in university twice and twice a two to three times a year, yeah. and then last year I only went home once a year. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and so I'm still also still trying to find my feet and trying to find some balance as well. And with my partner being in Cape Town, um, I had the luxury of people who had access to information. So mm -hmm. this one person told me about a membership that you can have on Fly Safair. So I paid uh, 800 Rand and I got, two, I got two flights, so one return flight every month. So, really? yes, so even if you need a flight for tomorrow, you book today, you already have a membership, you book and you only pay uh, airport taxes which is about a hundred rand per flight so so you pay 800 rand i'm taking this for myself <laughs> you pay 800 rand a month yes and then you get a return flight every yes. month every, every month. month yes so basically you are getting a, a return flight for 800 every yes. month but i was smart because there's different packages so 800 rand for one return flight um then there's and then, then it jumps to like 3.2 or something, you know what I mean? Oh, it's okay, different okay, packages. Okay. So I didn't have enough money to pay that 2. Point something. Mm -hmm, so I was mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'm just gonna have two memberships. I use two different emails. <laughs> I use two different. E <laughs> I use two different yeah. emails. So um, my partner couldn't travel much, so he was like, okay, I'll pay for one and I'll oh, pay for the okay. other one. So I, in, in all in all, I had four flights, which is two return flights per month. What? Yeah. So you were able to travel back and forth twice a month. Yeah. That is so great. Was like your work flexible that much for you to be able to visit Cape Town twice a month, like in terms of your leave days or did you not work during weekends? How was that working out? Hey, leave days is another is another story because I I was familiar with leave days, but you actually need to plan your leave mm -hmm. days carefully because uh, next thing you know, you really need a leave day and you can't. You don't have you, know, you really use them all oh, up. Because okay, yeah. for me, it was like, oh, I want to go here. I'm taking leave. Mm -hmm. I'm gone. Mm -hmm. You know, like, but, you know, I've learned now that you actually need to plan your leave days according to what you have planned throughout the year. Yeah. Okay. Because sometimes you never know, someone might get sick, someone uh, might pass on, God mm -hmm. forbid, or something drastic might happen and mm -hmm. you really need those leave days. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, for me, um, like I said, I was in a rural area, wasn't close to uh, the city or everything, so I would always have to take evening flights, um, which were around 9 o'clock, 7 o'clock. Mm -hmm. So I'd end work at around 4 to 5, depending on our patient load. Mm -hmm. uh, if we weren't, had, didn't have a lot of patients booked, or uh, we finished our inpatients, then at 4 o'clock I would leave and it would take me about two hours to travel, drive to, to the, the airport, airport okay. and then fly to Cape Town or if I'm going home, fly to Joburg and mm -hmm. then take a, a city bug to Nelspreet. Um But that's, that was the arrangement and then Sunday, uh, depending if there is a 6 o'clock flight, I'd either take a flight in the morning at 6 and then get you at oh, 8 okay. and then, you know, take a half day at work, you know, it, it, there was yeah. different, you know, um, yeah, so that's how I managed that. Oh, right. did you also work during the weekends? No, so with the, well, my hospital, uh, the physiotherapist weren't required to do uh, extra shifts, 
okay. like night shifts and uh, weekend shifts and all of that. So we were basically only working from, from Monday, Monday to Friday. Friday. Okay, that's really nice. And yeah. like, how many leave days were you given like for that year? I think it was 21 days per year, mm-hmm. per cycle, 6 days, I'm, uh, I'm not sure, yeah, I don't okay. want to lie, okay. I think it was around 10 days, I'm not sure. No, that's fine. So, if you were to say what were the most challenging things that you had to face during your concert year? I think for me, it was the fact that I was in a rural area. I knew that there were rural areas with poor people, and mm. you know, but I didn't understand it to that extent, you know. Like the whole you know, dynamic. Yeah, you know, guys, this is this is real. Yeah, like, people yeah. are really like struggling out yes. there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, that made it quite hard for me as a physio to treat patients because the most popular thing in rural areas are social grants and mm. disability grants and all of that. So. Um, my community service, I mostly learned from inpatients rather than outpatients because outpatients would come, not all of them, but most would come and say they have back pain, they can't work, mm. um, they want to apply for a grant. So now when you do your assessments, nothing makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm. So it was kind of, that was one of the things that made it difficult for me and, you know, not to say annoying, but it, it, it was like, okay, guys, yeah. I'm trying to help you, you know, uh, the best that I can, but you know, just come to me and tell me, listen, this is the situation. I want oh, a grant. You know okay. what I mean? So, so people were using like their kind of like illness to get a grant, yes, basically, yes. even if they are not that sick, yes. they'll say they need a grant. Oh, that makes it your. I think it is like so important to like understand the context of the patients that you are working with in that area because for example if you were to tell a a, a person okay go to the gym three times a day you know you can't you need to check the vibe in the area that you work in because some people don't have gyms for example also just another challenge that i had was recommending different types of exercises and things to tell patients to do you know and as you were saying in Mm. terms of understanding uh, a person's circumstances and where they come from and all of that you know Simple things like telling a patient uh, how to take care of their back, like when you sleep on your side, put a pillow in between your knee, mm. and someone telling you that they've never had a pillow in their life, Yo. they don't know what a pillow is, uh-huh. you know. Um, telling patients, you know, sit on a chair and bend your knee and straighten your leg, and then they're like, oh, okay, I don't have a chair, but I know my neighbor has a chair, I'll go borrow Ooh. a chair, you know what I mean? So you need to make things work uh, for what they have and what they So, for example, you tell a patient, instead of sitting on a chair, sit on a bucket, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. It's also kind of hard if a patient has a stroke, you know, and the only thing that they have is a bucket to pee in. You know, just, mm-hmm. you know, not yeah. in, you know, in university we are not taught how to, um, we taught how to treat certain conditions, but not how to, uh, like, fit, in, fit in, it in, into different social yes. classes. Okay, so let's get to talk about the money. You know, I know a lot of people actually want to know how much did you earn? You know, you've told us that you're able to get like a three thousand extra for the rural allowance, but I just want to know like what was your main salary? Like, what is the range? Okay, so in community service, I don't know about other health professionals, but come serve is the richest year mm-hmm. you'll ever be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, in total, after tax, we earned uh, twenty-five thousand. Um, yeah, I always tell people who are studying physio that if you're studying physio for the money, don't do it because yeah. you are going to be miserable 
and you are gonna uh, complain the your whole career. It's you're just gonna be miserable. Um, I understand that some people are doing physio because uh, they heard about it, something close to medicine. They're trying to break through poverty cycles at mm -hmm, home mm -hmm. and all of that. But if you are really doing it just for the money, if you're gonna have a hard time. Physiotherapy requires you to have. Uh, some passion and interest in the human body and mm -hmm. recovery and all of that mm. so you really need to rethink it if you're doing it for the money did you struggle like financially did you find that the money is not enough or what exactly you know what you're trying to say well considering that uh, i didn't have a lot of expenses in my first year i mean the only mm -hmm. thing that only expense you would have is rent mm. so there's not much that you can inquire like a debt and stuff in the first year unless you were paying off student loans mm. which I wasn't because I was with Department of Pumalana I mm. had the bursary from Department of Pumalana I had that whole money all to myself to yourself, okay. and fortunately for me my mother had an extra car so that's why I was able to travel around so the only thing that I really had to pay for was insurance mm. petrol um, and like I said, I saved a lot of money because I was in a rural area, there's nothing oh, to do. Okay. So I mostly just saved the money for myself and it helped me a lot because at the end of the year, it was hard for me to find a job. Um, I had no job for about three months. Um, so the money that I saved up helped me. Really helped you. Yes. Okay. In yours, do you think like that money is enough or it was enough for you because you were in a rural um area do you think if maybe you were in like in the city it was gonna be enough or anything like that i'm in the city now and i'm gonna tell you it's not enough. it's not, enough, it's not enough. enough i almost have to find myself locoming in other places or my the same practice that i'm working for to earn an extra four thousand rand mm. somewhere here and there but still it's still not enough mm. and usually doesn't last me the whole month so during this year and the last year i've learned how to budget and how to work around my finances you know and stick to, to the budget, to the budget. <laughs> so yeah. um it's, it takes a lot of hard work and self-discipline and yeah oh, okay let's talk about how you were able to navigate through unemployment because i know a lot of people are not familiar with a health sciences professional being unemployed because they think you know if you went to med school and now you're unemployed like there's no hope for the rest of the faculties because i mean in health that is where they need a lot of workers but it happens you know even doctors get unemployed so i want to know how were you able to navigate through that and how were you able to navigate through job applications okay so like I said, at my concert facility, we had a permanent physiotherapist. I was lucky enough to have someone who I was working with mm -hmm. because some people actually have to go to the hospital and work alone and have to uh, work around the dynamics of mm. managing a physiotherapy Yo. department. And you just come from undergrad. So I was fortunate to have a permanent physio there. Mm -hmm. So she was guiding me along the way. And along um, before about around October, November, that's when we start, she started helping me look for specific websites like a website called classified physios mm -hmm. that's where people usually post um hey we're looking for locums hi we're looking for a permanent physio um oh also i can just post and say hi i've just finished this and i'm looking for a job okay. here and there so she taught me around how to look for jobs on uh, government websites and all of that stuff so i applied and applied and applied and didn't get anywhere no. and it got very stressful because it got to december and i still, still nothing, nothing. 
So um, this is where the money that I saved up came mm-hmm. in and my partner told me, listen, um, I know, you know, these things do happen. So um, I'm also a model, so I could only do modeling in Cape Town or mm-hmm. Joburg. But because I'm already signed with an agency in Cape Town, I was like, let me come back to Cape Town. My partner was like, it's fine. You can stay at my place for about a month or two. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you still haven't found your feet or you found a job somewhere else in the in the country, you can leave. So mm-hmm. I was doing modeling in the meantime, you know, have that save that yeah. income. And modeling is not stable, you know. Yeah, so, you get gigs here and there. I told myself, listen, it's either I'm going to go home because, you know, this Staying with my boyfriend's situation is not going to work out for me in the long run and the money that I've saved is running out yeah. so um, <laughs> I at least need to have enough money to have a flight ticket home <laughs> you know <laughs> and it was really bad and so I I went on the website classified physio mm. and there was a post about a locum job mm. so with locums you work on weekends and public holidays and um, it's that's like a part-time job it's like a part-time okay. job um, you work whenever they need you. So mm. a practice had sent an advert there yeah. and um, for a locum. And I said, okay, let me try this locum out. And yeah. then I went there. And fortunately for me, when I got there, one of their part-time physios was resigning. Was moving. Oh, okay. So, and then they were like, hey, listen, before we post this job, do you want us to you know, take you in? Because we really did like you and mm. all of that. So, Things don't come easy. You first have to locum, you have to volunteer. You know, yeah. most of my friends sent a lot of practices, emails saying, listen, I just want to volunteer. I just want to help, you know, mm-hmm. where I can. And that's where you can find jobs because it's not easy to get government jobs either. Yeah. Um, once you get a government job, hold it for yeah. dear life. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think this is where passion comes in because if you're doing this only for money you wouldn't be able to volunteer you wouldn't be able to just take a piss job whatsoever so if you have passion for that thing you can you know say hey i want to volunteer hey i want to do this and be able to improve your cv and i think also the important point that you mentioned is saving 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 because i think as a student I mean, when you're getting like your NSFAS allowance, you don't think about saving that much. But then life can be real after you come serve or even after graduating, especially to those who are not in the health sciences, who don't get to do like their comserves and stuff like that, who get straight to, you know, the work field. It is very hard to also get a job. So it's important for you as a student to, to start saving. And if you are working as a comserve or doing your internship, to actually budget and save for those rainy days but yeah i think that is really good advice just in closing i'd like to know what are your future plans are you planning to like further your studies or anything like that you know people talk about a five-year plan and all of that Mm. so within my five to ten years plan i am planning on opening my own private practice yes (laughs) Yes. Um, so now i'm just working under the guidance of Uh, my colleagues who I've mentioned are very kind and nice and eager to teach me Mm -hmm. stuff so I just want to grow and be able to um, know the different dynamics of how to work within a private practice Mm. as well. What advice would you give to a physiotherapy student right now? The first advice I would give you is that um, research the hospitals that you want to 
do your community service placement in. Mm. Know what type of physiotherapy services they do provide so that it is in conjunction with what you want to mm. do after community service so that it is easier for you to get the type of job and or hospital placement that you want to go to. And the second one is that even though you are still a student, it would be very helpful for you to save some money because in the beginning of the year of community service, when you have to go to your placement, you need to get there, first of all. You need to buy electricity, buy water. You need to you basically just find yourself in a new place. So you need some cash to start yourself up, okay? And I wish I knew this because it was quite tough um, the January yeah. of the community service. Yeah. Thank you so much for that great advice and thank you so much for having a chat with me and I wish you all the best with your future. So we've come to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please like if you enjoyed the video and please comment down below if you have any questions and please don't forget to subscribe to my channel and share with a friend who would like to know more about physiotherapy and if you are a health sciences student or a health professional and you would like to come and have a chat with me please write me an email on becomingdrandy at gmail.com i'll see you again on another episode bye